Hello, my name is Elliot Wesselborg, and I will be having a conversation with Aoife for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It is July 26, 2020, and as a result of social distancing due to COVID-19, this interview is being conducted remotely. Hi, Aoife, it's nice to be talking with you. Hi, it's nice to be talking. <laughs> yeah. um, can you start by introducing yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Aoife. I use they, them pronouns. I'm currently a student and I do different types of education work, which is fun. Um, yes, kind of very topical, but yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me about your life growing up. Okay, growing up, let's see. So like I briefly mentioned earlier, I was born in New York City and lived there until, like lived there full time until I was about four. Then I moved to Connecticut, to Stratford, Connecticut um, for school because um, yeah, my family's like school system in Connecticut are like a bit better. So we are like, okay. But my dad stayed in New York. So I kind of, I spent, the weeks in Connecticut and then weekends in New York, mostly until I got a little older and like, but still traveled a lot between the two. Um, childhood. <laughs> what did you like doing in New York on the weekends? Um, lots of exploring. Just, um, we used to live on 42nd Street. My dad's a building manager, so he gets like an apartment with his job because he has to like be at the building like all the time. So we used to live around there and I like love going to the American Girl doll store. Like so there's just like so many things and it was so exciting and busy. I usually wouldn't get anything but just like walking around and it seems like a whole different world. I loved doing that. Um, like being a kid in the city was fun, like going to the park and all the playgrounds. Um, I had some friends in the city that we'd, my mom used to be a nanny. So she had some friends who were nannies who nannied people similar to my age and my siblings' ages. So we were like friends with the kids and we'd like hang out and do whatever and just like gallivant around the city in a very like silly kid way. Yeah. What was life like in Connecticut? Um, it was fine. Um, I don't know. I feel like Connecticut's weird and my town is like, my town is very diverse in a lot of ways, but it's also very typical suburbia in a lot of ways too. It has that aspect to it. Um, and my parents are both immigrants and my mom's like, so it's always really just been my mom living in Connecticut. My dad would be up here on some weekends, but my parents are like separated now. So that, yeah, he did, doesn't come up and like hasn't really for a while. So like my neighbors definitely think we're all like absolutely super weird. Um, and we're definitely not like a normal American family, quote unquote. Um, so it was like weird being like a little bit weird in our like typical suburban town. But overall, everyone was like pretty chill. Like I did get bullied in high school, but like not for being like gay or queer or anything. Everyone was like, you're a nerd, like you're annoying. And I'm like, oh, okay. But like I didn't get bullied for being gay. Everyone was just like, okay, like whatever, fine. So it's like an, it's, it was a pretty good place to grow up. Um, I did a lot of sports, which was interesting. Um, played like instruments in school and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
When you say your family was like weird, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think my mom says that her family even, so both my parents are from Ireland. They met here, but I, my mom's like, yeah, I'm like my family's just like weird. Like even back home, people like think we're weird. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think just the way we go about like doing things and thinking about things are not like the exact way a lot of like people in suburbia go about thinking, especially like, you know, like white middle class, not for middle class people in suburbia go about doing things. Um, I don't know. And then like my mom's like a single mom with like four kids and I'm like, kind of like the weird kid we're all like really a little bit weird but it's like oh I'm not like weird queer trans sibling and so we did like at the beginning of quarantine to like you know change things up we did like a themed dinner like each night of the week and so we did drag night one week we did drag night yeah and we were having our dinner outside and so we like went and sat in our back porch like everyone was in like ridiculous drag and our neighbors were just like sitting there they were like and they like turned down and went inside and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So it's just like some things like that, which are a lot more tangible and you can like tell, but then also just the way like my mom thinks about stuff and the way like she raised us versus just the way a lot of like my classmates and friends did stuff. So yeah. What's your relationship with your family like? It sounds like you guys are close. Yeah, I'm super, super close with my mom. Um, I'm very close with my sisters too it's always like weird coming back from school because they'll have like grown so much in the months that I'm gone. So it'll be like a little rocky transition when I get back. So like they'll be slightly different people and I'll be a different person. But then after like a few weeks, it's like good. And we're all just like, me and my sisters are very like silly and just like tease each other a lot and just like do stupid things. Um, but I love them a bunch. We're very close. And I'm, I'm very close with my mom. I'm not as close with my dad. Um, that's been like a rocky relationship, but, and then I also have an older brother who kind of does his own thing. He still lives at home. We're getting on okay right now, but like we used to be really close when we were younger, but we're not as close now because we're very different people. You know, in high school, he was like, like boys that like played lacrosse and was like cool. And I was just like big nerd. Like, yeah. What were, like, the norms around, like, gender and sexuality in your community? Um, so it was mostly, like, straight cis people. There are, um, a decent number of, like, queer people in my town, but the norm definitely is, like, straight and cis and, like, respectable monogamous relationships. So that's what I was always like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, like, date a guy and it's gonna be like you know one of those like perfect like high school relationships it's kind of like what I pictured but that's not what happened obviously um I mean I guess not obviously but that's not what happened um but yeah I guess like everyone is pretty accepting of the like sexuality part like I think I came out like my junior or senior year of high school because I like started like dating someone like we're at that point like I identified as, like, a girl. I was, like, very femme-looking. I had, like, strong hair, and, you know, like, dressed in a very, like, stereotypical way, like, just, like, jeans and whatever and, like, leggings and whatnot. Like, I dress super differently now in a way that's, like, a lot more comfortable. And, like, the person I was dating, she was also, like, very femme and, like, normal, and we were both, like, 
super nerdy and like I did sports. So it was, I think that's definitely part of why like I was kind of accepted more because I was like captain of like two different like varsity sports teams and stuff. And I was like, like the top of my class. So I was like, oh, like whatever, like I'm fine. But I think the gender thing is a lot more difficult. So I think I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my family was very quickly accepting of my sexuality. Ooh, sorry. It's so sneezy. I have such bad allergies, and I was like <laughs> earlier, so I'm. Okay, sorry. I'm probably going to sneeze a bunch more, but um, they're very quickly accepting of my sexuality. <laughs> yes, yeah. Ah, sorry. For the most part, um, you know, there's like weird things now and like when it gets like complex they're like very understanding of the like simple like more sim- like simplistic stuff they're like okay you're gay that's fine like cool whatever um like my grandma and my grandma is 93 and she lives in Dublin and like when I told her I was like gay she was like you know she wasn't like upset or anything she was she's actually like I guess she was like to some of her friends she's like oh I have a gay granddaughter like oh you don't oh oh well <laughs> I do like she's funny um but the gender thing is a lot more difficult to understand especially since it like I think especially since it's like a non-binary trans where I'm not like okay uh, it's like confusing and it's something that a lot of people in my community haven't really thought of before like I had one I knew two trans people in high school um and my high school is pretty small so I basically knew like everyone in my high school so there are two out trans people in high school um both trans men um one of them was in my year and we were good friends um the other one Sam he was he just graduated this year so he was like a little bit younger but that was it and I know my friend Noah he got bullied a lot and people gave him a really, really hard time. It was mostly, like, you know, like, straight cis boys that were very, very difficult to him, so the gender thing was definitely a lot more difficult. I remember, like, my senior year of high school, I'd be, like, really nervous to, like, be presenting in a way that was not feminine and, or not, like, not stereotypically feminine. Like, if I wanted to wear, like, a button-up to school, I'd be, like, ooh, I'm a bit nervous about that. I remember, like, posting on, like, my Finsta, like, this button-up I'd bought, and I was like, should I wear this to school? Like, haha, do we think people are going to be mean about it? I was, like, really nervous, and then my friends were like, oh my god, wear it to school, like, if anyone's mean, she will, like, beat them up. I'm going to grab a tissue really quick. I'm okay. so- I, like, felt okay to be, like, queer if it was in a certain way. Like, I think it would have been really scary to try and, like, wear like a tux to prom like I wear like a huge ball gown which I loved but like I definitely would not wear now um so yeah the gender non-conforming part I think is a lot harder for people to understand slash accept here which is interesting going back a little bit um can you talk a little bit more about that relationship you had in high school with the girl oh yeah um let's see that was, like, my first relationship, um, so I was always, like, basically from, like, eighth grade, I was, like, okay, I don't actually want to, like, 
date a guy. Like, and I was like, yeah, haha, I'm straight for a long time because I was like really scared of coming out. So I think I'd like a few friends that I told, like one of my best friends, um, the summer before high school, she was like, oh, like, I just want to like, let you know, like I'm bi. And I was like, so I was like, she's like one of my best friends. And I trust her a lot. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, like, I'm not straight either. Like, I'm not quite sure how to identify, but like, and so she was like the only one that knew for like a really, really long time. But I definitely like never, I guess I like, I don't know, you know, like the talking phase or whatever. I guess I had that with like a few different people where we'd like talk or whatever, but then I'd like always get really scared and never actually move past that to be in a relationship with anyone. I was like, haha, no. Especially because I wasn't out to my family and I didn't feel like I could date somebody and not have my family know just because I'm very close to them and that would feel like bad. Um, so I think I, I came out to my mom and my sisters and my brother my the end of my junior year of high school um my mom actually was like asked if I was gay and I was like and I kind of like told myself a while before I was like scared about coming up but I was like if anyone asks I'll like be honest so I was like oh okay well I guess that's gonna happen um so then I told my sisters and my brother because I'd wanted to go to like pride that year with one of my friends and I was like well you have to tell your siblings and I was like okay my brother just straight up did not believe me a lot of people like were really surprised and did not believe me when I told them I was gay, which was like my dad didn't believe me either. He thought I was like trying to play a joke on him. And yeah. I told my dad because um, at that point I was dating a girl and I was like, oh, like I don't really know I have a girlfriend. He thought me and my sisters were like trying to play a joke, play a joke on him. And my brother thought me and my mom were trying to play a joke on him. And I was like, oh my God. And a lot of people in school were like, I would never have thought you were gay. And I was like, like, my friends were like, okay, like, yeah, like, mm -hmm. but I think people were just thought I was one of those people that was, like, really dedicated to, like, my schoolwork, that I was like, no, I have no time for a relationship. I was like, haha, good, that's what I wanted you all to think. But no, so, it's just, like, this girl I took classes with, um, so my friend's friend, she was a junior and I was a senior, um, it's just like a very sweet, like pure, like first relationship. Um, we dated for like a year or something. Um, you know, we like went to prom together and stuff like that. Um, that's like how a lot of people found out I was gay. Cause they're like, oh my God, you're dating this girl. And I was like, yes, really shocked. Um, it, yeah. So that was, I don't know, like I said, just very like, pure and like sweet first relationship that I think was like a really good introduction into dating for me like it wasn't there was like no trauma related to it anything we broke up because I was like leaving for college and we were like it's probably just like the best thing to do so I mean I was like really heartbroken about that but like I do think it was for the best. How were you when you were first figuring out you might not be straight what did that look like for you? What did that look like? Um that was very stressful and very confusing. Um, so I like, in my like mind, the first like time I was like, ooh, am I not straight? Was in like fifth grade. I have like this distinct memory of like, like, oh, am I gay? And I'd be like, no, I'm not gay because I want boys to like me. And because I want boys to like me means I'm straight. But like, really, I think that was probably just like, I don't want people to like hate me. I want to be accepted. And I didn't really think about it until 
the end of middle school. Um, I was kind of like, huh. And then I like had a huge crush on this like actress. I was like, oh my God, like I have a huge crush on her. And I was like, is that normal? I was like, do I really like boys? And I was like, maybe I like boys and girls. Like, I don't know. And then I was like, no, I just like girls. And then like, as like pretty much throughout high school, I was like, okay, like I'm a lesbian. Like I like girls, like whatever. Like after, when I like got to college and like my gender identification changed to like the way I like identify my sexuality, like has evolved too. So yeah. Were you like going online to find information or talking to people? <laughs> what was that like? Um, you know, I took like, like all like closeted gay, like 14 year olds. I was, you know, like, am I gay? And it would be like, do you like someone of the same gender? And it'd be like, this isn't helpful. <laughs> um, you know, I took like those little like stupid things. Um, I was definitely like, my friends had me like read like gay fanfics because like, my friends like loved fan fictions like so I feel like huh oh, you know, like I absolutely loved like Kurt and Blaine and Glee I was like maybe I just think gay guys are really cool because like there wasn't much like lesbian representation but then I was like and like looking back now there's definitely like a gender aspect that plays into that too um but yeah I don't know it definitely just a lot of like thinking myself I don't think I like did too much like reading or anything on it or searched up too many things online. Did you know any like openly gay or any like bisexual whatever people at that point? Um let's see. So that was I think I did. Um so one of my sister's friends, my sister is five I have two sisters. One of them is five years younger than me. And so she had these friends when she was in early elementary school who were twins who's, who had, like, two moms. And so I guess, like, one of the – so I was these two kids, and one of them really, really liked me. And, like, she just, like, loved me. I don't really know why, um, but whatever. So she's, like – I remember – their family invited me and both my sisters to the birthday party. Like I met her moms and they're like super, super sweet. Um, you know, I'd like see them around at like school events and stuff. So I knew them. They're like a happy, like married lesbian couple. Um, there's actually like three like lesbian couples on my street, which I didn't know until recently. So I guess I did know like gay people, but like I didn't know they lived there. And then my mom has a, friend back home um her name's Marion her and her wife had like three kids and like we visited them and like I was in like fifth grade or something they're super sweet so like I did know gay people but like so it was like okay gay people are like I don't know a lot of gay men but like I somehow knew a lot of like lesbians when I was younger which amazing what was like the first queer community that you were a part of I guess, like, either, like, a small group of, like, queer friends I had in high school. I didn't really go to, like, my GSA in high school because I did a lot of sports, so, like, it was always conflicting. I think I went to, like, a few meetings my senior year, but it was, like, weird. I didn't really like it. Um, what were they doing in the GSA, if you remember? 
Um, I don't remember hugely what they're doing. Um, I know one time people were just like talking about their ships and people were just like, oh my God, like Sirius and James Potter. I was like, what is happening here? I was like in there in like my track uniform, like waiting to go to practice. I was like, I really, okay. So the beginning of senior year, I like went to the GSA because, um, the girl that I had a crush on who I ended up dating, um, her best friend was identified as a lesbian back then. She doesn't anymore, but, um, she did then. So she went to the GSA. So my ex-girlfriend went to GSA with her and I didn't know if like my ex was like gay at that time. I was still trying to like, figure it out, but I was like, okay, like I'll go hang out with like this person and like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and, oh, it was funny. Like she, we started dating and she like wasn't out to her family or her parents or anything or anyone really except for like two of her friends. So I had like a bad habit of getting into relationships with people who really like, aren't out to anybody then have to come out by telling their family and friends that they're in a relationship with me, which is great. Love that. Um, awesome. So yeah, like just like weird stuff and like, I don't really know. Lots of like playing games. I think one time I went over and just played like four corners. So it was just like a bunch of queer kids hanging out. But I also had a few queer friends in high school and we'd like just hang out and like do whatever, which was really nice to just, yeah. <laughs> Going to college, like, what did that look like for you? So college was very stressful, the whole, like, going to college thing. Um, neither of my parents went to college. Um, and my brother went to college for one semester, then dropped out. So I think he was home by Christmas my senior year, and he didn't, like, did a really non-traditional like application like he applied really late to like a state school and like decided to go like in the summer so the college application process was like absolutely wild and like I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own like my high school was like a bit underfunded and wasn't like they were definitely helpful in some ways but like in a lot of ways I had absolutely no clue what I was doing like I applied for like two like four schools like I don't even know exactly why I applied to the schools I applied for I only applied to the school, to Smith where I'm going now because so we're still friends with one of the families my mom used to nanny for and we were visiting them in the summer and Fritz the lady who my mom used to nanny for the mom was like oh have you heard of Smith College I was like no like I haven't like I haven't I hadn't heard of like the majority of like liberal arts and like whatever colleges like I just don't I still don't know a lot of them exist and then people are still be like oh this school that's what I'm like I literally don't know what you're talking about like I truly do not um so if it's just like oh my mom went to Smith and she loved it I think it was probably like seems like a really you place and I was like interesting so I applied because they didn't have an application fee I was like I may as well apply because it's free to apply so like why not but I didn't know much about it um so I ended up trying to decide between Fordham and Smith because I got very similar financial aid packages from the two. So, which was like, my financial aid was like one of the very top decisions, like where I was going. So at that, I was basically going to decide based off financial aid. Um, so since they gave me like the same financial aid, I was like, where to go? And I had toured, I'd actually toured Fordham, but I hadn't up to Smith like I went I think I went like two college visits um 
the summer before I'd gone on a bunch because my friend asked me if I wanted to go to Pittsburgh with her. And I was like, oh my God, I'd love to go to Pittsburgh with you. I've never been to Pittsburgh. I thought we were just like going to Pittsburgh. But it turns out we were doing a college tour road trip. Very different things. <laughs> I had no clue. But like, I wasn't interested in like any of the schools we toured. They're all like, you know, like huge, like whatever, like not interested. So I, I was like, okay, that, like I had no clue what was happening. I truly thought I was just like going on a like short vacation with my friend. I was like, okay, cool. But no. Um, so like I myself went on like two or three college tours and I hadn't been to Smith. So and I was like, you know, did some research on it and whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I didn't know anything about it. So we went up one weekend, not for like an official tour. So it was like three days before the like commitment deadline was due. I was like, mm-hmm. so we just went up and like walked around campus and I was like, saw a bunch of like, you know, like queer couples and I was like oh my god like what the heck and like stuff in the town was like lovely and I was like oh I really really love it here and I was like okay mom I like want to go here I want to go here like I went home and like committed to Smith and then found out a bunch of stuff about it like I didn't find out that it was like a really gay school until I was in like one of the group chats with all the like incoming first years I was like okay I legitimately didn't know that so people was like did you come to Smith because it was gay and I was like I didn't I didn't know it was gay. Like, I'm sorry. I legitimately didn't know that. Um, yeah. So Smith was exciting. And I was like really excited because I got like accepted early for like whatever reason. I just took like a normal application, but then got like a letter from the Dean of Admissions in like February. They're like, well, you know, you're like part of a special group that got early accepted. So I don't know. I felt like excited that I was like, I was like, oh, like they like me. Like that feels like nice. Um, so yeah, I ended up going there and being like really clueless about college. Um, like, I just didn't know much about it. But there is, I did an orientation group for first-gen students and then applied for and got accepted to this program called First Gen Out Loud, which has been like so, so, so amazing. And like, it's been so good to have like other first-gen students and students with like similar financial backgrounds and experiences on campus who just like understand a lot of things that most students on campus don't. So that's been like super helpful in like my college experience so far. Kind of went off track there, but yeah. No, that's fine. Um, were you interested in going to Fordham because it was in the city? Yeah, that was like a big part of it. I was like, oh, it's like in the Bronx, like I can go to the city really easily. Um, it's just like a pretty campus, and I was like, at that point, I wanted to be like an English major or something. I was like, I ever like it's a good school like. I'm kind of glad, I was, like, definitely hung up on the, like, fact it was a religious school. I was, like, that kind of scares me. <laughs> like, you know, my friends had a running joke, like, at track one day. We were talking about college, and my friends, like, yeah, but, like, Fordham. And I was, like, yeah, but, like, it's also, like, a Jesuit university. And he's, like, yeah, but your, like, family's Catholic, right? And I was, like, yeah, but, like, Tyler, it's, like, it's a religious school. And he was, like, like, I don't get it. Like, you're Catholic. You'll be fine. Like, it took him, like, one of the other kids who did track was, like, so confused and then because I felt like really weird about like just being like I'm gay at that point in time especially since there's a lot of people around I didn't want to just like say it um like I was still very like shy and like stuff about my sexuality in front of like people then um so eventually my friend was like oh and then I like posted something online and like this other kid was like so that's what you meant when you talked about like it being and I was like yeah yeah like so yeah, that was definitely like a concern to me. Like I'm sure it would have been fine, but I feel really, really lucky to have like such a big queer and like trans community now. 
I definitely don't think I would have had the same like quick realization about my gender identity if I'd went to Fordham. How'd you get into like queer and trans communities at Smith? That's a good question. How did I? Um, so, let's see. So in Smith, we have like our houses and the houses are like relatively small. They're like campus dorms. Like there's 60 people that live in my house. It's like, I guess a pretty small dorm. Um, and we have head of new students who are sophomores who like help move the first years in and like bring them to orientation and do different activities with them and stuff. Um, so one of my head of new students, they're called Hans, just like shorter word. Um, one of my Hans, whose name is Julia, when they introduced themselves, they did pronouns, like them and Isabella, the other Hans, and Julia's like, hi, I'm Julia, like, I use they them pronouns, I think, they're still like kind of figuring it out then, but I was like, oh, like, interesting, you know, they're like very androgynous looking, and I was like, huh, you know, I met a lot of like, very quickly met a lot of other like really androgynous and like gender non-conforming people, and like, my best friends was like, that's like really rad, like, um, queer androgynous person and I was just like oh like this is really interesting so that I actually started like thinking about like my gender and I'd like recently just like cut my hair super short and like how I presented and how I wanted to be like seen and I was like oh very very interesting and I took like a bunch of women and gender studies classes which you know we talked a lot about like gender theory and like trans academics and stuff like that and I was like whoa mind blown so then I was like like maybe a month or two into my first semester, I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna try using data and pronouns, but I was like very scared about it. But you, like at the beginning of classes, the teachers would be like, okay, like what are your pronouns at new classes? And I'd be like, they, them, or she, her, like, I don't know. Um, and I like changed my Twitter bio pronouns, but like didn't tell anybody. <laughs> and so then like, eventually like my best friend was like, hey, like I noticed you <laughs> changed your by like do you want us to be using they them pronouns for you and I was like yes please but like I was too scared to talk to anybody about it so my friend texted in like the group chat with like my school like my group of friends in my house was like hey like can you use they them pronouns for Aoife they like blah 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 etc etc so I started using they them pronouns for me and I was like in transition and I started like dating this person and they're like wait dude. <laughs> like I hadn't said anything to her um and then she, like, asked me, and I was, like, haha, yeah. And she, like, you could have, like, told me that. I was, like, yeah, like, I know, but, like, I don't know. I was, like, very, like, scared about it. And I remember, like, right before that, like, a week before that, having – that we have this thing called Winter Weekend in the houses. It's, like, a big house party, um, like, themed, like, it's organized, whatever. It's, like, it's cute. So, you know, like, everyone, like, gets a bit, like, drunk or whatever. So I was, like – hanging out in Julia's room with them and a bunch of other people, like, playing a drinking game, being stupid. Um, for legal purposes, we are not drinking. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was just, like, talking to them about, like, gender. And I was like, I think I might be non-binary. Like, I don't know. I want to use they, them pronouns. They're like, yeah. And they're so supportive. And we had, like, a really good conversation about it. It was, like, really, really sweet. And that, like, definitely helped a lot. And then just, like, having a bunch of friends on campus who were – gender non-conforming, just, like, having, like, trans people, like, all around me, and all these, like, really cool people that were, like, slightly older than me, and I was, like, oh, my God, amazing, um, 
so yeah, then we have like, we, we jokingly call it gender club. It's called transcending gender, but it's like for trans and GNC students. So like I started going with that this year, which is really nice. And just like slowly seeing a lot more of like my friends be like, oh, I'm like using they them pronouns or I'm using he him pronouns or like trans or gender non-conforming. It's just like, I don't know, it's nice. What are um, like some of the dynamics of being trans at a woman's college? Or historically women's college, I don't know what you want a specific term, but... Yeah, we definitely use historically women's college. Um, it's always fun explaining that to, like, very cis slash straight people who are like, I don't get it. And I'm like, okay, well, now I run out to school as a girl. They're like, but you're all women. It's like, oh. Um, just, like, explaining that trans students go there. Um, I was, like, trying to explain that to, like, I work at a camp right now, and I was trying to explain it to, like, the lifeguard, who's, like, this sexual, like, woman who's, like, super into Girl Scouts. She's very sweet, but I was, like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> it was, that was interesting. Um, I don't know. I mostly found it, like, pretty accepting, but I'm also, like, exist in, like, the women and gender studies. Like, so I'm a woman in gender studies and anthropology double major. Um, and especially in women and gender studies, like, the majority of the professors and students are very, like, cool about it, and it's, like, super whatever. So there are, like, there's some TERFs on Smith campus. Um, there's, we have the Smith Confessional, and someone posted a very long, just a really terrible TERFy message. We all know who it was. It was, like, this girl, Rehana. She's terrible. Um, and it was, like, really, really terrible. She was talking about, like, people being, like, okay, you can identify as non-binary, but, like, men are still gonna know like what gender you really are so they can sexually assault you but like she used a lot harsher language and everyone was like yeah there are definitely some people on campus that are very like not cool with it and there are some professors that are a little weird about it but in my experience the majority of my professors be like what are your pronouns and like really try to respect that um and most students are cool with it, though, like, I do have, like, trouble with a lot of people, like, misgendering me, even after they know my pronouns, and being, like, please stop, or, like, you know, people victimizing themselves when you're, like, hey, like, you use the wrong pronouns for this person, you're, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm such a bad person, it's, like, okay, don't, like, don't do that, but, like, overall, it's a very comfortable environment, and Northampton is also, like, a very queer town, um, so for me, it's, like, a very like I guess I'm like usually pretty androgynous but like as a white androgynous trans person it's been like mostly comfortable. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned that you knew some like trans guys in high school. How did that work for you going from like more of a queer identity to also claiming a trans label? Um, for me like personally like just within myself it felt very comfortable I was just like that makes sense it just like makes so much sense and just like feels very right I was really scared to like talk to other people about it not knowing what people's reactions would be and like how it change relationships and stuff but for me it felt very like it just felt like the logical not even just it just felt like it's just like yeah that makes sense like I'm queer and like very like all aspects of my identity very much with the like bell hooks definition of like what it means to be queer it just like felt fitting and just yeah 
Who are like some of the other people you've read that have resonated with you? Okay, um, other people I've read that have resonated with me. Okay, I'm like looking over my bookshelf. I'm like, okay. oh, I'm definitely Audre Lorde. I love, love, love Audre Lorde. Um, Zami is one of my all-time favorite books. And I've like told all my friends to read it. Um, let's see, Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks. Um, I am blanking right now because I cannot... Um, Angela Davis, um, Kim Tallbear, Kimmer, um, the Oral History Anthology, Boots of Leather, Slippers of Gold. I loved that. Um, the Con, Con, blah, 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 blah. how do you say it? Um, the, um, Kambahi River Collective. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like I feel like I've done so much reading over the past two years that has been so, so insightful and I've learned so much from. So, yeah, I just like, yeah. How have, especially as someone who, or have you pursued any medical transition at this point or that? Not at this point. Yeah. How do you navigate like being open as a trans person while also probably getting read as cis? So yeah, I am like a cis girl all the time. And surprisingly, I get read as like a cis straight girl a lot. I don't really know how. It's fine. It's cool, whatever. Like, um, one of my best friends is like a guy. One of my best friends here is um, is a guy. And like, we'll like go out together to get like coffee every or anything. People like just assume we're dating. And I'm like, I know we both look like twinks, but like we are not dating. Like, um, it definitely annoys me a bit. Like, I don't love people addressing me as like ma'am or as a girl or anything. Um. It kind of, it's kind of exhausting, but, like, I don't usually correct people because, like, usually there's just not a point in correcting them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I It used to bother me more than it did. Now I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. Because, like, I don't know. It, it is annoying, and, like, I you, do usually, like, bind my chest. I haven't been doing it, like, I don't usually do it as much during the summer, especially when it's, like, super hot out and I'm outside. Like, I work outside all day, so I don't want to, like, die um, like definitely no. a plus <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah I usually feel it's like weird but I feel like I look more like androgynous and masculine like during the winter months but like yeah I don't know but when people like do think I'm like do assume that I'm a boy no one like like no one no like strangers I've really assumed I'm like just non-binary but when people do assume I'm like a boy I'm like ooh, like thank you I was on a trip to New York with this group I'm part of at school, and they were just like businessy, so I was wearing like a blazer. It was like a woman's blazer that I bought at like the thrift store, so I don't have business clothes. I was just wearing like a blazer and like corduroy pants and like a button up and like whatever. Like my hair is a bit shorter than it is now. I need to lose a haircut. But I was just like walking down the street, minding my own business. I wasn't on my phone or anything. This man like runs like turns the corner really fast like smacks into me he starts yelling at me and he like pushes me and like hits me and he's like you need to watch where you're going buddy like blah 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 and I was like I was just like in shock I was like what the 
what the fuck? And so my friend Gab was like, hey, like, so the guy was like, no, don't hate me. Your friend needs to watch where the fuck he's going. And I was like, oh my God, I thought it was a boy. Like, that's fun. So it was like kind of a traumatic experience in a way, but I was also like, you thought I was a boy. Like, that's nice. That was like kind of affirming. So whenever people like think I'm a boy, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I think it's kind of fun, but yeah. yeah. So you said you work at a camp right now. What's that like with kids? Um, okay. So I work with kids a lot anyways. Um, I work at a preschool in Northampton during the school year, which is so totally different from what I do right now. I work at a Girl Scout summer camp because I could not find any other job and I need to make money. So yeah, I work at a Girl Scout summer camp where all the counselors have to be girls, which I didn't know until after I was hired. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm just like really not going to be out. Like, that's fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So it is very interesting. Everyone, you know, just like refers to me as like a girl. And, like, everyone's like, okay, girls, okay, ladies, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, my God, like, this environment is absolutely bonkers. I, like, deliberately don't call my group of campers. I'm, I deliberately go, okay, girls, like, let's go. I'm just like, I just, I don't do that. I'm like, okay, there's no need to do that. I'll be like, they're in units. I'm like, okay, tall timbers, like, or whatever. Um, or literally just use their individual names. Um, it's very interesting. I'm the only, like, queer presenting or trans presenting, like, counselor staff member I think there was like one like queer looking like 14 year old camper there when we put a part that like you know, like visible tattoos and like short hair or whatever it's definitely very very strange um you know I thought the kids would be like catch on about it but, like they really don't like one of the kids this week it's like do you have boyfriend and I was like do I look like I have a boyfriend and she was like, you look like you've had a lot of boyfriends. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and there's another counselor nearby. That counselor that she looks like she could make out with one boy. And she could have one boyfriend. But she had to be careful that her boyfriend didn't leave her for someone hotter. This kid oh was my god. Yeah, this kid sounds crazy. She was a lot. She was a lot. Um, but I was like, and all my kids, like, every week, like, do, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, stop. <laughs> like, y'all are, like, wild. So it's definitely very interesting, and it's very, like, hard gender-wise working there, and everyone being like, girls, like, you're a girl, like, and I'm like, oh my god, okay. So, yeah, that's a weird place to work at. Is that different than, like, the preschool that you work at during the year? Yeah, so the preschool in Northampton, um, a lot of the kids there have, like, gay parents and, like, trans parents and gender non-conforming parents. And it's the Montessori school, and I think the teachers who I'm, like, a teacher's aide for, they're definitely, like, queer and, like, trans teachers at the school, so it's very, like, like, the kids read books on pronouns. And also, it's, like, I work with young, I work with, like, toddlers, so I think they're a little less, like, boyfriend. They're just, like, Please play with me. Please push me on the swing. <laughs> um, they're very sweet, but like I feel comfortable enough at work to be like, oh, these are my pronouns. Please use them. And like the teachers, if a kid refers me to the wrong pronoun, they're like, hey, remember, if we use they them pronouns, can you do that? So it's like just such a different environment. 
do you think some of those parents have chosen that preschool specifically because it does like affirm queerness and transness yeah i think so like especially like the like the queer parents um you know like lots of the kids will come to school like dressed however like lots of boys will come like dresses and skirts and like you can tell like the kids just get to like wear whatever they want as long as it's like weather appropriate um so i think parents do specifically choose that school for reasons like that what's um like the town of northampton like in terms of queerness and how much do you interact with the town so the town of northampton is has been like nicknamed like lesbianville usa and stuff it is a very gay town um which is really nice but it's also like when i first got there I'm like oh my god i love northampton and like i don't interact with the northampton community a huge amount um i like go to coffee shops and whatnot um so i do like in this coming year want to get a lot more um engaged with like grassroots like organizations there um especially since i think i'm gonna have you know a bit more time this year with everything being weird um so i do want to do that more but it's also a very white town and a very like gentrified town so while i love parts of it there's also parts of it that are like have hold their problems and yeah do you have any specific examples of that um i probably do let me think um so i mean it's you can see it very much just like walking around in downtown northampton there's a large homeless population but then there's also like you know people going into store into like small boutiques and buying like a pair of earrings for like 150 dollars but like then like some parts of the community you can tell like very much clearly like, they're um, certain cafes where you can, you know, like pay extra so you can pay for like a unhoused person's meal like later if they come in. Um, and there's also like the places that you can tell really don't care. Um, yeah. Going back a little to New York City, how has your relationship with that place changed as you've gotten older? Um, so my dad lives in Manhattan, because like I said, he like lives in the building he works at. Um, so being like younger, I didn't really know much of the like details of like New York economically and like socio-politically. Um, I spent my time basically between Manhattan and the Bronx. Um, both my parents used to live in the Bronx and they have like family friends there and stuff and people we'd visit. Um, so I basically like split my time in New York between the Bronx and Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. Um, and sometimes the Upper East Side because that's where the kids that my mom's nanny friends nanny lived. So it was like kind of weird being like on the Upper East Side, like, being like super fancy because like I'd never be able to live there, but like having friends that lived there because like my mom was a nanny was like kind of a funky little situation but like whatever um so definitely like weird being a kid who's like lives in connecticut close to new york i was like oh my god new york and i'm like okay you're like yeah new york like i love new york and it was always like weird being like the one that like knows everything slightly more about new york but not as much as a new yorker would know um it's still like knowing how to use the subway and like 
if people wanted to go to New York, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like, you'll have to show me how to use the subway, you'll have to do this, you'll have to do that, and you're like, ah, okay. Um, but last summer was the first time I'd spent, like, a significant chunk of time in New York. Um, so I really learned a lot more about the city last summer, um, and met a lot of, like, really amazing people, and did a lot of things in New York that I'd never done before. So I think my relationship with it definitely changed a lot and I got a lot more familiar with different aspects of it. Where were you living while you were there? Um, I was living with my dad in the financial district in downtown Manhattan, which I hated. I hated living there. It was like, I lived right by wall street. So like, I'd be like, you know, like leaving like the apartment, like wearing like my disgustingly like ill-fitting jeans that I'm currently wearing right now and like a t-shirt and I have like my chest bound and I'd, like super short hair and like I'd look all weird and everyone would be like and I'd like hop on the train to go to midtown and like be with all these people just like all these men in their like suits with their briefcases and I'm like I do not belong here or then I'd like so the apartment building that my dad like works for now it's like a luxury apartment building um uh, yeah it's annoying but you're like, I'd go to walk in and they'd be like, people would be like looking at me weird to like, or um, the person I was dating last year would visit me a lot in New York. So like, she was also like super queer and androgynous presenting. Um, and like, we'd be like walking down the apartment and like into the building, like people that would be going to the building before us would like deliberately not hold the door for us because they'd like assume we were not going in there. Then like, then like we'd go in behind them, they'd be like, like looking at us until like the person at the front desk would like I'd say hi to them because like talk to them a lot and they like know who I am so people would be like oh interesting weird and like okay like fine so yeah and then like living with my dad was a whole other thing and I ended up like having to move back like home very unexpectedly so yeah that was fun uh where were you hanging out last summer in New York where was I hanging out last summer? Um, where was I hanging out? Um, mostly in Brooklyn, because I had two friends that were also doing internships in New York. Um, so I'd go and hang out with them in Brooklyn, and we'd go to, like, different, like, queer bars and stuff, um, which was super fun. Um, I also spent a lot of time at, like, museums and stuff, and just, like, around Midtown, too, because, you know, I was at the library, like, all the time. But, yeah. What queer bars were you going to? Where did we go? We went to Mood Ring. We went to Happy Fun Hideaway. Um, where else did we go? I don't know. We went to this place. It was called like Jupiter Lounge. Um, there's this other place that name I can't remember, but they played like projected like skate videos all over the walls, and that was like fun for dancing. Um, I am struggling to remember names, but like, yeah, we'd hop around like different bars and like dance and do whatever. And then like, it's fun. Are there like queer bars in um, Northampton or is that kind of like the first time you'd really done that? That was like the first time I'd really gone like clubbing. Um, it's fun. But yeah, then with one of the friends that was there, um, we'd go out in the fall sometimes and go. There's like two gay bars in Northampton. There's the basement and then there's majestic so we'd like go to basement or majestic or both um like dance and like drinks and whatever and it'd just be like 
stuff like either because my friend their partner was abroad or they were in dc for the semester and like my at the time partner was abroad and it was like okay like let's go like clubbing together so yeah mostly majestic and the basement in northampton which are both like fun queer places what like what are the, what was the crowd like there who went there um the crowd okay so i was definitely on the very young side of the crowd there like i mean like i shouldn't have even been there neither should my friend so i was definitely probably like the youngest person there but like that's on me um but even if i was like 21 we're gonna pretend i'm 21 whatever um the crowd was still like a little bit older it was definitely people in their like mid-20s to early 30s so i was like a baby that was in the basement the crowd at majestic is younger usually usually like people who have just graduated college in the area or like very early early 20s still mid-20s but like i felt like i fit in more age-wise there and um the basement definitely felt like a lot wider than majestic like whenever i go to the basement i feel mostly be like mostly white queer people but then majestic would be like more of a mix of like white queer people and black queer people and queer people of color and like um a lot more like I feel like I saw more trans people at Majestic too or like more gender non-conforming and androgynous looking people. Um how does that compare to like the scenes where you were going in New York? Um I think the scenes where I was going in New York were mostly just a lot more like I think they're mostly more diverse like I think Majestic was more similar to the places I'd go in New York. So, like, some of the places I'd go in New York, like, there would still be, like, weird white guys, like, trying to, like, chat at me and my friends. I'd be like, stop. And they'd be like, oh. And I'm just like, okay, no, stop it. Like, and just, like, still kind of weird. But, like, yeah. What was it like um, working at the Oral History Project? I really loved it. It was, like, really stressful at times, but, like, not super much because of working through the Oral History Project. I had a lot of, like, personal stuff going last summer that was a huge mess, like, family stuff that happened, and, like, that's why I had to, like, very impromptuly, like, leave my dad's apartment and, like, come home, because, like, a lot of stuff happened. It was very bad, um, so my summer was very stressful because of that, which made, like, working kind of hard but Michelle was, like, so super accommodating, like, so kind and sweet about it, um, and I felt like I learned so, so much last summer and met so many amazing people, um, like, being able to see, like, Miss Major and, like, Tormai and, like, have a conversation, I was, like, mind-blown, amazing, um, and just, I really felt like I was really radicalized last summer, like, I'd heard the term, like, radicalized outside of the institution when I was at, um, you know the, the, like, communist journal Michelle works for Pinko? I don't. So I, she invited me to, like, one of the, like, a little, like, thing for that, where there were, like, three or four people on the panel, and it was just, like, they gave a little, like, mission statement pamphlet or whatever, um, but I think that's where I heard the, like, from an older queer woman, I don't remember if she was trans, like, I don't, I don't remember, I do remember she was an older woman, and she was definitely in the, like, queer community, um, but she's, like, talking about how she hadn't gone to college and she used to like hook up with people then like steal books from their like apartment and she like was radicalized like through her work on the streets and like I truly felt like I became a lot more like radicalized and learned so much more than I like could at school hearing it directly from like 
especially from like trans black women, like I learned so much. So I was like, okay, this was a really good internship. I like learned so, so much and like met so many amazing people. It was just a really good experience. I also met a lot of poets. I love poetry and like write bad poetry. So it was like so cool to meet like a bunch of like punk anarchist like poets in New York. Um, I like am still in contact with some of them. They're just like so fucking cool. Um, that was like really, really amazing to be like, oh my God, you're just, wow. Like, I can't believe I like know you. Yeah. Were there any moments from interviews that like really stand out to you in your memory? Um, I would always be like super nervous during interviews. I'd be like, oh my God, my mind would be like racing. Like what do I say next? I want to be like actively listening, but I also don't want to like sit there and be like, ah, uh, like, so I remember being like stressed. Um, one part of it, like one time where I was super stressed was I was doing an interview with one person and then I'd like asked about their earlier life and they're like, oh, I really don't want to talk about that. And they got like really upset and I was like, oh my gosh. At the beginning of the interview, I was like, is there anything you want to talk about specifically or anything you like would want to like skip over or avoid? And they hadn't said anything. And so then I felt really bad. I was like, okay, like we do not have to talk about it. Like let's move on. Like, but I felt really bad because they got upset. And I was like, ah, um, yeah. Um, what else? Another interview I did, um, was with a professor at one of the universities in New York and I just, like she was so she was like a, she was like in her 50s maybe she was so sweet and I just um like it was really interesting hearing about her experience in academia after coming out as a trans woman um I don't know I felt like we had like a good connection and we got along well so that conversation I felt was really good um I don't know. I feel like I, I'm like, who did I even interview last time? <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. But yeah. Um, was there anything that like really surprised you that like, or anything just like about New York or um, like political histories that you just like really opened your mind? Um, I can't think of like anything super specific, but again, just like, hearing so much firsthand from like and reading through um transcripts to like edit them and being like oh wow this is like stuff I would never have like known this is so useful and like going to it was like Stonewall 50 last summer so the library did like a bunch of events and going to a lot of those which were hosted by like black trans women and just being like hearing things and being like I remember I'd like bring my notebook to these events I'd be like oh my god like writing stuff down and being like that completely changes how I think about so many things. But I just remember like the way I thought about like so many things in the world changed so completely last summer, which I was like really, really thankful for and really thankful for the ability to like grow like as a person as well as within, within my like political ideologies. Yeah. Um, what were like some of the things that shifted for you? Um, some things that shifted. Um, I feel like I definitely learned a lot more about, like, sex work and, um, the politics of that last summer and, um, like, supporting, like, learning a lot more about, like, decriminalization of sex work and the different, like, all the stuff surrounding that, um, as well as the laws 
surrounding it, that was something I was like really, really interested in and learned a bunch about and like still learning about. Um, that was, I think, kind of where I was introduced to like prison abolition versus like reform and stuff. And that was like super, super informative and really kicked off to like all of the knowledge and um, thinking I do like reading like work I do like around like not like I don't do I'm not saying I'm like an activist around or anything like work myself as like reading and like thinking and stuff like um around that like now so yeah stuff like that like really just very big things I mean like oh like I don't identify as like a liberal or a democrat like that's too central like I want to like like leftist and like really realizing it was kind of shock like leaving New York where I was like with all these like queer trans like communists and I was like really vibing with it. I was like, yes, like I'm loving this. Amazing. And being like, okay, not everyone thinks like that. I forgot that like yeah. like liberal people are like, bro, like that's too much. And I'm like, it's not enough. <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think also yeah, the idea of education outside of an institutional context is profoundly different and I don't know. Yeah, I'm really glad that, like, I've also been able to see more of that side of things because I think especially, yeah, coming from, like, a liberal arts college context, it is pretty drilled in that education means classrooms and theory. I was very tempted to not go back to school after last summer. Um, So I was like, what am I, like, doing at school? Like, there's so much I could just be learning, like, on the ground, like, with people, and, like, I could probably be doing more. But I ended up, like, deciding to go back to school because of, like, my scholarships and right now. My, like, education is basically, like, being paid for by my school and stuff and, like, other scholarships. So I'm, like, okay, I feel like I'd be really stupid to, like, drop that right now. So I may as well, like, finish my education while it's being paid for it for me. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still at school. But I had a very hard time deciding whether to go back or not because I felt like I wasn't doing anything very productive or, like, helpful. So... That definitely just changed like how I the things I did at school too. Like yeah. What kinds of stuff are you doing now that you weren't doing before? So um my first year I was part of the like Christian Out Loud program. Um I also felt like my first year there was like such a huge adjustment period to like being at like a liberal arts school and like being a completely different environment than I had ever been in it was a much wealthier and much wider environment than I was used to like there's like still a bit like culture shock to me and I like wasn't necessarily expecting it like oh okay culture shock um so just like adjusting to Smith and like kind of learning what it was like was interesting and like sophomore year I felt like I learned a lot and I was like okay I'm ready to like the beginning of my sophomore year was like a mess it was really bad um like once October hit, it was like, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, I was like going to take the semester off, but then I was like, ah, it, yeah, it was just a big mess. But um, I like worked with the Narratives Project, did like an intern, and did like a lot more stuff on campus surrounding like first gen students and low income students and like mutual aid projects and stuff, um, which felt really good. And then also I started doing like the transcending gender meetings and talking about like, like trans students could do on campus but and me and my four of my friends from first and out loud applied for a grant from the school 
to start a podcast project with the other seven sisters to talk about like first gen and low income students on campus and like the school, you know, wanted to talk about like the good things, what the schools are doing well, but like, you know, part of what we need is like, how are these schools like failing like low income and first gen students? So we started that, though we didn't get very far because then we got sent home for COVID. But hopefully next year we can like do more with that. Um, yeah, and also just like having a lot more conversations with my friends around hard things. Um, and like having conversations with my friends at home, especially about it, like, which is in like my family, which is super interesting. Um, um, like my mom's been reading a lot of like, reading, she's currently reading Sister Outsider, like reading stuff like that and like examining her like own whiteness as like a white immigrant and her experience with white, like in talking about that with my mom and like my sisters and my friends at home that are white and just like talking about class with people and stuff. It's just been and like mutual aid and redistribution of like resources and just like, I think a lot of it has been recognizing my own privilege and like being able to like utilize that, um, I think. Yeah. Going on to COVID, um, what was <laughs> a horrible, horrible time, but um, can you talk a little bit about, especially as like a first gen low income student, what that was like for you? As a low income student, definitely first gen, but like, okay. I, yeah, I like a lot of my friends are like low income students, but I wouldn't quite feel comfortable saying I'm a low income student. So okay. I definitely feel like or compared to a lot of people that go to Smith, like, people are like, haha, I have trust funds, haha, like, I'm a legacy student, I'm like, mm. but yeah, I wouldn't personally identify as alone, but, um, it was interesting, <laughs> um, being sent home, and I felt, like, very lucky to, like, have a home to go to, where I knew I'd, like, be, like, you know, like, have somewhere to live, and, like, be fed and like etc cetera, etc cetera. like my home environment like my gender is not really like acknowledged at home no matter like how many times I ask like my family's still like Aoife that is a girl and like but um so that's not ideal but like it is mostly like a very safe space for me to like exist in though I'd prefer to like be independent and like be in a queer community though I haven't been able to do that yet because money and I'm also like technically like a high risk individual for COVID like that's fun but it's been very like isolating at times being away from like all of my friends who are queer I have like only a few queer friends left in my hometown um one of them who I can't see at all because her parents will literally not let her out of the house because they are terrified of COVID um I actually think most of my queer friends that lived here like moved um, one's in California, one's in Georgia, they're all, like, working the place. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, so it's, like, not seeing queer people. Like, I haven't really seen, like, anyone anyways, but, like, that's kind of, like, exhausting. But, and also, like, I talk a lot about, like, politics, and, like, that's kind of, like, mostly all I talk about. Um, like, not all I talk about, but, like, you know, like, ties into everything and think about, you know, like, whatever, if that makes sense. Um, it's just the framework, like, I view the world through, it's, like, own and gender studies framework, and then, like, 
my family not necessarily always being interested in that, especially my sisters. And I guess I can't expect them to be because they're 14 and 16. Like, just feeling like I don't lots of space to, like, talk about my interests and, like, do stuff around them. And also being, like, super unmotivated by online school and, like, barely being able to finish the semester. But it was pass-fail, so that was good. Um, but, yeah, that was super weird. And it was really weird to just all of a sudden be, like, sent back home and, like, miss a bunch of things and all my friends and, like... I don't know, but it's also, like, weird because I feel like, so my fall at school ended up being, like, kind of traumatic because um, I was dating someone for, like, a year, and I was, like, super in love with her, and we're, like, we're gonna get married, blah, blah, whatever, and then she's, like, she called me, and I was, like, hey, I'll tell you something, and I was home, and she called me, because she knew it was gonna be a bad conversation, and, like, told me that she had, like, been cheating on me and started dating this, like, 30-year-old French guy, because she was abroad in France, and I was, like, I choose not to see it. <laughs> but I had to so we like broke up and it was like really traumatic and then we kept talking and she was like really manipulative and like I had to like you know like my therapist like hospitalized me and stuff it was a lot it was a lot um and I'd like been dating her for the majority of like my time at Smith so it was like weird to like have that be a thing so I, know I felt like being home was like being away from the environment I was really able to like heal and like move on from stuff which was like not what I expected but nice so yeah, I'm, like, kind of thankful I was able to come home and, like, especially since I wasn't working for so long because, like, I don't want to die. Um, I'm having so much time to just, like, like, work on healing myself. felt, like, really, like, I felt really lucky and fortunate that I was able to do that. What's the, like, dating culture like at Smith, would you say? Um, incestuous? If that makes any sense, that's how my therapist likes to refer to it. Um, I kind of went on a bit of a bender after my traumatic breakup. And, like, yeah, that was a bit of a messy, like, few months. And my friends were like, ha-ha. And I was like, ha-ha, oh, well. Um, it's all good. <laughs> this is like, okay, this is like, so I'd be like, okay, like, I, like, hooked up with this person who hooked up with my friend or used to date my friend and it's like a whole very intricate web like in the L word and everyone's connected and it's horrible and it's like literally like every, like you can't go on a date with someone without like them having like dated or hooked up with or something with like a whole bunch of other people who connect back to other people who probably connect back to you at some point it's a lot it is a lot um it's kind of exhausting the like politics of it all it's like wow okay cool 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 great but it is really nice to just like have the like kind of assumption that everyone's like queer and I'm like I wonder if that person's queer like that that is nice um so yeah it's it's kind of uh it's it's interesting it's like I just love being like surrounded by like queer and like trans people I'm very like trans for trans dating person I'm like I like dating trans people but so it's nice to be like trans people yay um yeah, it's, like, funny. A lot of people who I, like, briefly dated or, like, whatever, like, I ended up being, like, really good friends with. And, like, I'm still super good friends, so I ended up making, like, a lot of, like, really close friends by, like, being, like, oh, like, going out on dates and stuff. And, like, I know I, like, really wasn't ready for a relationship for a while, so I don't really know what I was doing. Um, I was just being a big mess. But, like, I'm really happy. I made a lot of, like, really, really wonderful friends. So, like, that was fun. Yeah. Like, that really happened lots. Like, we was, like, oh, this is, like, not my ex, but, like, someone I dated. And I'm, like... I love you so much and you are a wonderful friend. Just like that's fun. 
very much the culture there. You like become friends with your ex or whatever, mostly. What are like some of the issues that like trans students are engaging with there? Um, so different, like, I know the like admittance policy, you have to identify as a woman when you're applying to Smith. Like you can identify as a trans woman. They changed that relatively recently, but like you can't be a trans man or a gender non-conforming person and apply. Well, you can be a gender non-conforming woman, but you can't be like non-binary or agender or anything. Um, you have to identify as a woman. So as being like, I know like some people are like, well, why should trans men go here if it's a social women's college? I'm like, okay, maybe it should be like a gender minority college. Like that's a weird phrase, but that's kind of what Mount Holyoke does. Like they accept like trans men, I think. I'm not sure about that, but they use different terminology than Smith does around the gender of their students. That's like more of a like gender minority, like people that basically aren't cis men and it's more of a comfortable environment for people that are not cis men. Um, which like, yeah, um, so stuff like that. And like for prospective students staying over there, like um, any student that identifies as trans is not allowed to have prospective students stay with them because their parents might be like, my daughter isn't staying with a girl. That's like dangerous. So like stuff like that and being like, oh, okay, cool. We're being like, cool, that's fun. What uh, the predator narrative like <laughs> bleeding over there. It's wonderful. We're like, oh, I feel like that should be changed. Um, people wanting to change stuff like that. Um, I feel like the restroom thing is like pretty good with like um, all gender restrooms. Um, what else? Definitely like um, a lot of like understanding about Smith as a historically women's college and like changing rules about how people can identify at the school um and like people being just like generally respected at the school and i think a lot of like i know like i said before i'm relatively pretty comfortable as like a white androgynous like non-binary person at school and i think a lot of the work that we need to do centers around like black and indigenous and poc like queer and trans people because um so i know we worked like to try and like support those communities and what their needs were because they definitely had a lot more like and still have a lot more like needs that need support and need to be met than like white trans people on campus so yeah what are some of the things that they're pushing for um so what happened even this year i'm like oh my god um yeah, I know it's like a world away at this point, but it's so long ago. So Smith is a predominantly white institution. Um, so like black student orgs and unity groups and stuff do so much like amazing work on campus. Um, and one of the big things is a space, like like having physical spaces on campus for these groups and hiring like therapists not like hiring like black female therapists at the wellness center um and like hiring a trans therapist and like having point people that like different student groups can talk to like we now have a point person for 
low-income and first-gen students. He's also trans, and he went to Smith. He's wonderful. Um, his name's Toby. He's great. I've talked with him a few times. He's awesome. Like, very helpful to have him around. So there, he was only hired to do this stuff, like, this year. He was, like, unofficially doing it for, like, years before not getting paid for all of his work. So it's great that he was finally, like, is actually getting paid for it. Um, but still, like, there's being a lot put on him and, like, a few other people who, like, so just, like, Smith putting money into supporting these communities instead of being, like, okay, you're here, like, look at us, we're diverse, like, support us and, like, other communities, like, once they are at Smith, don't just, like, let us get there and, like, feel so unsupported, because that is a big problem that a lot of students um, have experienced and continue to experience. So, yeah, you know, the wanting a tangible space for, like, tangible, like, safe space for, like, like, for, like, undocumented students to, like, have their own, like, safe space to, like, go and, like, someone for them to talk to. We're currently, like, our new libraries under construction, so we're, like, okay, like, give us, like, different groups, like, give us space to the new Nielsen, like, like, and KMAX, like, you know, because that's our president, um, Kathy McCarthy. She's, like, we don't have space. We can't give you space. So it's been very difficult being, like, because she doesn't necessarily, like, help as much as she could. Mm -hmm. I kind of don't like her. We all like to say she's a class trader because she is. She was like, I'm a first gen student. I'm like, came back here a class trader, but go off. I also wanted to ask a little bit about the dynamics within the trans community at Smith and particularly like how binary people and non-binary people, what that looks like. So I feel like I know mostly like non-binary trans people. And then I know a lot of, like, trans people who maybe, like, identify as non-binary, but you see him pronouns, then, like, trans men. I don't know a huge amount of trans women at Smith. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but I do think it's a problem, like, that there's not a lot of trans women at Smith. Um, it definitely has not exactly, like I said, not exactly sure what that is, but it's definitely because I don't think part of it, I think is because the environment is not supportive enough and like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, but the interactions, um, I don't know, like I play, played around with the idea of using like he, him pronouns, but like seems kind of like scary to do on campus. Cause it's like, are you a boy? Like, man on my school campus i'm like okay i'd say about like a cis man but like damn okay um it's yeah like generally i feel like i haven't really felt any tension between like binary and non-binary like trans people in the community like though i do think it probably is a bit harder to be a like binary masculine trans person on the campus and I'm sure it's like very hard to be like a binary like trans woman on the campus too especially with like the Turks that like to be turpy. Would you say in general there is a lot of overlap between like queer and trans communities there? Yeah um so I so the official statistic I think was that like around 70% of the students identify as like not straight. That's the official statistic. So I think it's definitely much higher. 
So essentially, like everyone at Smith is like somewhat queer, even if they're like, I'm queer, even if they're like, okay, I'll like go and kiss like a girl at a party. Um, but then like definitely a smaller trans population, but I think basically all the trans people I know are like queer. I don't think I know like any trans people that are like, I am straight. Like, I feel, I'm sure there are, but like all of the trans people I know are very like queer and like a very complete identity way. This is a little bit different of a direction, but do you have any like intergenerational relationships with queer trans people? I have a few, which is kind of cool. Um, I interviewed this woman called Janet Alps for an oral history class I took spring of my first year and she's in her 60s and she's a lesbian who's done a lot of work in the Pioneer Valley um, and is like a community member and does like a lot of things within the community and she was like the poet laureate of Northampton and so like meeting her and like having her to reach out to is like really great and then also just like some of my professors and, like from the staff a lot of the staff at Smith are like queer so like um there's this one, Rachel Simmons, who I did this program with, the Phoebe Lewis Leaders program. I don't know the exact name of it. Um, it we just call it Lewis Leaders. Um, and she's, she's in her 40s. She is a lesbian. She has a daughter. Um, she's currently dating someone. Yay for Rachel. She's awesome. Like, we got super close this year. Um, I walk her dog, who I love. His name is Charlie, who's, like, my child. Um... You know, I, like, house it for her and stuff. Um, it's nice to, like, know her as, like, an old, older lesbian. And, like, we talk a lot about, like, gender, and, like, she feels, like, me in on stuff, and I feel her in on, like, stuff, and, like, we kind of, like, teach each other about stuff, but it's also, like, like, house-sitting. She was on vacation, and then she, like, went to go, like, play Spotify, but I was using, like, Alexa in her house, and she's, like, I'm crying. She texted me. She's, like, I'm crying. Are you listening to Brandy Carlisle on, like, my Spotify? And I was, like, I'm sorry. She was like, I love it. Amazing. And I was like, thank you, Rachel. Um, some of my professors are queer, which is really nice, especially like learning from like older queer, like women and gender non-conforming people. Um, my therapist is a lesbian, a gender non-conforming lesbian. So like, that's like a different sort of relationship, but it's also like really nice because she's like, she is but she's like obviously older than me and has like a wife and kids so just like being connected to like oh my English one of my English teachers in high school is like a gay man I kind of like judge him now though because he's a bit too like central politically or I'm kind of like Michael like that's not the move and I'm just like okay honey um but yeah so I have a few relationships with older queer people which is nice Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about, like, being trans in the workplace, applying for jobs, how you're thinking about that, navigating that. So when I apply for jobs, when I've been applying for jobs at home, I just am like, I am a girl. It, like, especially, like, here, I don't know, like, people, it just doesn't make sense to do anything else. It also, like, I feel like it decreased my chance of getting a job, and I'm like, okay, I just, like, need a job. So, like I said, like, my current job now, it's, like, like I applied and they're, like, gender. I was, it was literally male, female. So I was, like, okay, like, female, I guess. Because, like, also, it's, like, I don't know. 
and so not my job everyone like refers to me as a girl and like it's like and I wasn't out at all and I'm not really out at work but a lot of my coworkers followed my Instagram where it's like very clear that I'm like my identities are very clear on my Instagram um so I'm like okay but now they they like still don't use my pronouns I'm like okay whatever that's fine like it's annoying but it's fine um in Hampton, I think different. Like I said, um, at the preschool, it was like fine. Like, oh, like can you use these pronouns for me? Thanks. Um, it was interesting though, as an intern with the Narratives Project. Like, a lot of the people in Christian Out Loud, even when I'd say my like, we didn't do pronouns as often in that space. And if we did, like, I'd be the one to be like, hey, can you pronounce? Um, and people would refer to as a girl, and like, not really like either like ignore or like there wasn't as big of a that there are definitely like queerness and transness were not as prominent in that group um as other identities like I was the, I'm the only like for the two years that I've been there I've been the only like white person in that group um but I've also been like the op only openly like trans person in the group which is interesting um not the only like queer person but that is a like group where there's less like openly queer people, which is been like interesting. Um, yeah, but I know since I will be moving back to Northampton soon, and I'm going to be like signing lease on a house with some of my friends, so I will be like working off campus this year. So I think when I apply to jobs, depending on where I'm applying, like applications will be different like if I'm applying to certain local businesses that I know and the like gender thing on the applications is different I will probably be more honest with it but if I'm applying to somewhere like stop and shop it'll just be like because yeah what would you say are like the biggest challenges you've faced relating to your sexuality or gender identity That is a good question. Um, I feel like everybody in my life has been generally accepting of things, if not just like kind of confused on the gender thing, just like not understanding it, but not like necessarily like harming me for it. Like my gender is not really like I'm not really referred to, like, my pronouns aren't used at home, um, and stuff like that, but, like, I'm not, like, really invalidated past that. It's not being, like, you can't identify like that. That's stupid. Sometimes I get something like that, but mostly from, like, my youngest sister, who's, like, really young, so I'm, like, okay, you're, like, learning, you're whatever. It's different. Um, I don't know. I feel like with most the majority of the time I've identified as trans just like almost two years it's just like weird to me it's been in like a bubble like Smith definitely being a very queer trans bubble Northampton being the same and then like last summer working for the trans oral history project and being like surrounded by like queer and trans people was also like a bubble and then like I guess the longest time I've been somewhere that's not within that bubble is like the past like five months being at home that's also weird because I've mostly like literally just been in my house. So I don't know, like internal like 
constantly like changing like how I want to like look and like my dress and stuff. Um, just figuring out like how I'm comfortable, like what I want to do going forward. And it's been kind of not so much a challenge for me. I'm like, I don't know how to like convey that to certain people in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, um, I'm kind of moving into the, like the wrapping up portion of things, but is there anything else that you want to uh, make sure that we cover before I just kind of do some wrap up questions? Nothing that I can think of. Okay. Okay. Then I want to ask if there's like a time you've ever felt like very seen, especially like in your gender identity. I would jokingly say that time that man like, okay. In New York, but that's not my actual answer. It's just like a joke. Um, let's see. I feel like there definitely are. Um, I don't know. I have this friend at school who graduated this year. Their name's Gav. Um, they did Lewis Theaters with me. Um, and they they were senior this year. They identify it as non-binary and they've like had top surgery and I just like admired them so much. I'd seen them on campus a few times. I was like, oh my god, that person is so cool. Like I'm in love with them. And then like just on the transcending gender a few times. I was like, wow. So we ended up doing Lewis Leaders together and like becoming friends and like I don't know, they're like slightly older than me, so I like really looked up to them and just like I don't know, just something about like our friendship felt very comforting and very reassuring and they just like made me feel very seen and very valid. And like I don't know, them just like having like this like confidence and like belief in me and tell like being like we can talk about like whatever, I'm like here to help you with stuff. Like I don't know, they just made me feel very like secure and like stuff in my identity and being like who I am. I was like, yeah, like Gav is this amazing, like, person who's done all this stuff and, like, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, they think I'm capable of, like, doing what I want to and, like, transitioning in the way I want to and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, like, that feels like – that felt, like, really good. And I don't know. I just, like, looked up to them so much. And I feel like, yeah, they're always, like, checking in on me. And so, I don't know. I'm definitely just, like, having that relationship with someone who I admire but I'm also, like, friends with is being, like, really good yeah that's like the best combo when you get that yeah this might be a big question but like where do you see yourself in five years where do I see myself in five years let's see maybe in grad school I don't know because like the workforce scares me and I have no clue what I want to do so I'm like haha maybe I'll just keep going to school honestly um, say I'm like let's avoid that as long as we can um yeah, I don't know, maybe in grad school, maybe, like, I'm definitely doing, like, grassroots, like, organizing work and, like, working in, like, something related to, like, abolition work and, like, decrim sex work stuff and definitely working directly with other, like, trans people and queer people. Um, definitely still learning a lot. Um, I definitely want to have, like, my own little, like, cute apartment with full of plants by then my dog should be like living with me which is great um yeah so definitely just doing like community centered work um i think it's the best answer there's also this i forgot to ask you earlier but um you mentioned like trans for trans relationships and yeah. <laughs> can you talk a little bit more about that okay so 
one of my friends, now my friend, um, my friend Ember, who's non-binary, like in their Tinder, I met them through Tinder, um, and their Tinder bias said like T for T, and I was like, LOL, that's funny, and they're like, haha, like it is, but I'm serious. And so, like, we went on, like, a few dates with but we ended up just being, like, very close friends. And, like, we still talk, like, every day. It's, um, and they're a senior. They graduated this year. And being, like, oh, like, and it, like, is nice, like, seeing people that are, like, trans and, like, just, like, not having to, like, explain that thing and being able to, like, have those conversations and just, like, feeling, like, kind of, like, that relationship existing in, like, a different space. And, um... I don't know, there's just something about it that feels, like, more comfortable and just, like, different with the labels, too. Like, I'm not, like, quite sure what I feel about, like, labeling my sexuality at this point. Like, I don't know. Um, like, I truly don't know. Um, so it's, like, I don't know. I just feel, like, very comfortable, especially dating, like, non-binary trans people. It's just, like, makes a lot of sense and just, like, feels, like, very comfortable and just, like, like I haven't had like a long-term really like, serious relationship with like a non-binary trans person but like my ex who ended very messy was like kind of identified as non-binary but kind of like didn't and I was like I don't need to see them pronouns and I was like okay and this was like after we broke up and I was like fine then they were she was referring to herself as she her pronouns so I was like what pronouns should I be using for you and she's like she her because it doesn't even matter I was like I'm confused um which is confusing but yeah it just feels like there's a lot of space for like growth and healing and like working together in like trans relationships that seems really like wonderful to me yeah is there any any last words that you want to put on the record um thank you for interviewing me I've been doing this for like over a year now so I'm glad it is finally done this yeah. is like the first time being like interviewed for an oral history collection. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, on the other side of the microphone for a second. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. It was great talking with you. Yeah, it was wonderful.